High Top Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Justin Higginbottom. This is your news for Thursday, November 17th. Election results in San Juan County aren't yet final, but it's likely their three-person commission will return to a Republican majority. Democrats Kenneth Maryboy and William Gray Eyes are on their way out. They were the county's first Navajo commissioners after a court-ordered redistricting. That was meant to give more representation to Native Americans in the area. Tribal members make up about half of San Juan County's population. Jamie Harvey is one of those new Republican commissioners. He's Navajo from Montezuma Creek. And he says it was a big deal for him too when Mary Boy and Gray Eyes were elected, seeing more tribal representation. He says he's a continuation of that. It continues. It continues uh, with, with my representation. I speak the language. I come from the community. And so I'm, I'm as aware of the issues as they have been. And there's no shortage of those issues. Many Navajo families lack internet or even reliable phone service. During COVID, Navajo local government meetings were held virtually. That excluded many residents from participating. And so now I think the work begins to, to reconnect the community and, and getting them reinformed and, and front and center. This year, the Navajo residents of Westwater, just outside of Blanding, have finally started receiving running water and electricity. But Harvey says there are other Westwaters in San Juan County. The focus shifts on getting services back out uh, to our elders and, and to all the elders in, in San Juan County um, and, and getting their needs met. Another issue on Navajo lands in Utah, roads. Maintenance of the roads can be complex, with a number of different government bodies being responsible, from Bureau of Indian Affairs, Navajo Nation, San Juan County, to the state of Utah. But Harvey says residents don't really care who's in charge. They just want reliable means to get to school or work or the hospital. We, we want to do better in coordinating with the, with the tribe, getting better services uh, out there so that roads can be better. Harvey was a social worker, and he says he admires Grand County's health programs, like Four Corners Community Behavioral Health Clinic in Moab. I know that we could benefit from a stronger behavioral health program in San Juan County. Um, I know there's a need for addiction assistance, um, alcoholism, um, getting people into rehabilitation, um, and making a more robust behavioral health program that's responsive you know, to all the residents in San Juan County. A Republican Navajo politician like Harvey is rather unique. The Navajo Nation is typically thought of as a Democratic Party stronghold. But Harvey says his party membership could be beneficial in a heavily Republican state like Utah. Because I'm also Republican, you know, there, there are better connections because uh, I have access to uh, all the, the congressmen, uh, the House representatives, and, and we're able to listen to each other and work together to work to make things better, to, to make improvements. Harvey will be joining Republicans Sylvia Stubbs and Bruce Adams on the commission. Over the summer, the invasive Japanese beetle was detected in Grand Junction. The adult beetle feeds on more than 300 species of plants, including those that are a major part of the Western Slope's agricultural economy, such as sweet corn, peaches, and grapes. 
The invasive insect already plagues some communities on the Front Range. For Rocky Mountain Community Radio, KVNF's Laura Palmisano speaks with Rich Guggenheim. He's the Plant Health Certification Program Manager for the Colorado Department of Agriculture. What is the Japanese beetle and why is it such a threat to plants and crops? Japanese beetle is an invasive insect that actually comes from Japan. And it's been in the United States for quite a while. And we've had it in Colorado since the late 1990s. And the reason it's such a threat is because it has a wide host range, meaning that it can feed on many different types of plants. What does the Japanese beetle look like and how are some ways people can identify it? The Japanese beetle is about anywhere from a quarter of an inch to a half an inch in size as as an adult. It's got green wings and it's kind of an iridescent green. So it's very, it's a very pretty insect, actually, if you've ever seen it. It's just unfortunate that it's so destructive. And as a larvae, you might see in your yard as a little C-shaped milky white grub. And probably what you're going to notice first is that your lawn is dying or you're going to have skunks, raccoons, or birds feeding on your lawn because they're trying to get to those grubs. Japanese beetles are already a problem in some front range communities. Where are they and what kind of problems are they causing? We have Japanese beetle primarily in the 12 front range counties. They range from Pueblo all the way up to Fort Collins in Larimer County. And in between, we have large populations of them. They're destructive to the urban environment because they are primarily feed in a grub stage at the roots of grass, your Kentucky bluegrass. And they need that Kentucky bluegrass, that grass in that wet soil, that moist soil that we typically associate with the lawns in order to survive as a larvae. And then as adults, they emerge and they become a nuisance because they will fly around you and they're pretty large. The other problem is they're destructive to the urban landscape plants. So they'll feed on your roses, they'll feed on your trees, they'll feed on everything in your garden. And so they're a bit of a problem here. And that is why we try to control them in our garden. And you'll hear a lot of frustrated gardeners talking about them in the summertime. Over the summer, Japanese beetles were detected in Grand Junction. Why is this such a concern? They were discovered this July in a trap that we have set up at one of our local nurseries. And it's a concern because not only is it destructive to turf and our ornamental landscapes, but it is highly destructive to our production agriculture over there as well. It will be devastating to our peaches and our wine grapes that we grow over in Grand Junction area, as well as the apples and the pears and people's home gardens. It can also be detrimental to our corn and things that we grow over there on the western slope. So we really want to protect not only agriculture, but the tourism and the things that people come to Colorado for. What's being done to help stop the spread of the Japanese beetle on the western slope? Colorado has an internal quarantine that prevents the transportation and movement of nursery stock from the Front Range into other regions of Colorado. So that has been successful for about the last 20 years. And we have not, to this date, found any indication that the Japanese beetle made its way into Grand Junction via the commercial nursery trade. We do need the homeowners to be aware of this quarantine and buy their nursery stock locally. Don't buy it on the front range and bring it back across the mountain. And we also have 
in Grand Junction in Mesa County, the Upper Grand Valley Pest Control District, where if the beetle is in their area, there's the ability for them to be able to treat it. And we trap throughout the state to monitor so that we can have early detection. And early detection of Japanese beetle is going to increase our likelihood of successfully eradicating the pest in areas where it's not already established. So it's not established yet on the Western Slope? It's not. It's not been established anywhere outside the Front Range. And the good news is we only caught a few hundred Japanese beetle in the city of Grand Junction in an area that's a new subdivision. So we're trying to establish how it got there. But our primary concern right now is to try and figure out how big the population is and move quickly to eradicate it. And that's a partnership between Mesa County, the city of Grand Junction, Colorado Department of Agriculture, and Colorado State University Extension in the Tri-Rivers area. What can gardeners, farmers, homeowners do to be aware of this pest? Awareness, as you alluded to, is the most important thing. And that's where it's really important for homeowners to stay tuned to the local media and be in touch with their local extension office so that they're aware of what invasive pests are out there and keep them out of Colorado. And very important information for the homeowner is buy it where you're going to plant it. Don't buy it outside the area and bring it in. We have these quarantines in place to protect our environment and protect our agriculture. Be aware of what you're bringing in with you. It can move easily in vehicles. It can move on firewood. So don't bring in firewood from outside the area. Thank you for your time, Rich. You're welcome. Thanks for calling, and I appreciate your time. That was Rich Guggenheim with the Colorado Department of Agriculture. For KVNF, I'm Laura Palmisano. That report from KVNF was shared with us via Rocky Mountain Community Radio, a network of public media stations in Colorado, Wyoming, Utah, and New Mexico, including KZMU. And that's the KZMU News for Thursday, November 17th. Get your community power journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.